That's right, folks. It is the show before Halloween Wednesday Night Live, powered by First Financial Bank, 317-417-8582. Call John today for all your banking essentials, 317-417-8582. And the rock star realtor, Mr. Sean Nugent, Buying or selling a home, call Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. Damon, what's going on? Execution is what we need to do this week. Um, when we are approaching this type of, uh, um, of opponent, an adversary that uh, we're familiar with, um, yeah, I think um, I think if we uh, stick together and 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 the game plan, I think we'll execute and we'll be just fine. Hey, what's going on, buddy? You sound pretty damn good for Mike Tomlin, man. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's Christie's uh, mask for Halloween, but it's missing the foam piece, so it's killing my eyes right now. There's no foam piece on the head to hold it off of my eyes, so it's just flopping into my eyes. So I literally look like, I don't know, wax. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think the people want to see you and not the creepy baby face. <laughs> but it's the Halloween show, man. <laughs> All right, we'll see how long that hot-ass man's last. <laughs> not long. <laughs> cutting into my eyes. I couldn't see. Couldn't see. Woo. <laughs> I can see clearly now. Good evening, Mrs. Gilbert. What's going on, Mama? We have an exciting show for you with an exciting guest tonight. Uh, so the the introduction video kind of will go along with our guest coming up later on. But before we get to that, we got a little bathroom scrolling action going on tonight. Damon? Yeah, um, that was a pretty nice video. I mean, you ain't going to talk about the video. You're just going to just leave it out there. It's like, here you go. Don't explain. Don't tell the awesomeness that this young man, Mr. Elliot Cox, <laughs> achieved. None of those things. Just, here's a video. I'm going to keep on moving. All right, that's well, fine. <laughs> yes, for the moment, I will. No, that was Elliot Cox with Elliot Cox Racing, uh, driving for dyslexia. Check them out, Driving Dyslexia, drivingfordyslexia.org. Um, Elliot Cox Racing is awesome. He's a 13-year-old kid that's 
been racing for a while now in the car in the karting scene He's and 13. yeah and now he he's a little 13. yeah i know jasmine go towers over him um Eli would crush him. <laughs> but he's uh he's moving into the F4 series, which is on his way to IndyCar. It's the road to Indy. So what's up, everybody out there in BW Sports One World? I'm ready to talk some bathroom scrolling, Damon. Let's roll with it. Sounds good to me. Oh, you know where to help? If he had the notes up, sir. That is correct. <laughs> the creepy baby face threw, threw him off. off. It threw it off. It threw him off. Man, I can't. While you're getting into that, tomorrow, this man, that guy, and the crazy one from over at Checkers and Wreckers are heading to Daytona, Florida, baby. That's right, folks. We're going to leave bright and early in the morning, heading down for Speedway Indoor Karting. Daytona's grand opening. That's right. Can't thank Andy and Sarah over there at Whiteland Racing and SIK enough for allowing us to come down there and have some fun with all of them. I can't wait, Damon. It's going to be fun. It's going to oh, be yeah. fun. And we might have some interesting extra treats for you guys, too. I so cannot be, wait. So be close to your phones. Be close to your tablets. Be close to your television screen. Because <laughs> we may pop on we, live at any moment. Hey, when you get this three of the four together, well, Ooh. I can guess it's like five of us now. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's more than just the four horsemen. You know, but we turned into like, you know what I mean? What was the, the NWO? Or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm all about it. So, but whenever this three get together, and we get together in somebody else's town. Woo! Here we come. <laughs> so they told her, be ready for a little bit of Hoosier in your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All up in your face. <laughs> like the guy off Step Brothers. Pow! Surfing Friday. Tom Racker. I, you know... I do not see the ocean surfing happening, but I can definitely see. I can definitely. Yeah, I need to get one. I can definitely see the wave pool live video action streaming happening for sure. The 1792, folks. The I was 17... trying to give it to you through the screen. See, that's where you have a bottle and then you grab it. And I grab it. Like, video. Hi. I know. <laughs> Uh, All right, I tried. <laughs> bathroom scrolling tonight brought to you by mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up, deposit your first deposit using promo code BWSports1, and you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Go to mybookie.ag now. Yes, bathroom scrolling. Uh, no, just um, a former Colton Steeler passed away. That's all. Oh, it came across this. The, the ah, thing. gotcha. So, like, it was breaking news a little bit, a little bit for you know, Steeler and Coast people. Gotcha. I mean, for Eagles people, you know, unless he was a Steagle, you probably wouldn't get that info. Eh, I don't know. The the SBIN does send a lot of notifications, they do. <laughs> All right, okay, here we go. Um, 
Well, might as well get it out of the way. L.A. is title town, baby. <laughs> Apparently, yes. this is the year of the L.A. Yes, yes, it is. Um, Dodgers uh, pulled out the um, <clears throat> MIB World Series Championship last night um, in Arlington, <laughs> which is tickles me. But yeah, in Arlington, uh, they win the series 4-2. And then the it was like the home field advantage for the two series lead. It was like from the championship, the conference championship to the to the um, World Series. It was all, yeah. I don't know. I don't get it either. I know. That's why you were laughing, right? No, I was laughing because that's the only thing winning in that damn stadium. <laughs> 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 yeah, Cowboy Joe won. <laughs> right, watch out. They're coming, Tommy boy. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, the Dodgers without any, uh, not without any um, tabloid conversation um, in the game, the Dodgers did pull it out. Um, my uh, issue with this uh, there, buddy, uh, first before we get into that, um, I think analytics in this particular situation did not fare well. But I'm going to go off the fact that he wasn't paying attention to the analytics either and just did a gut call because the analytics say that this man has has got one strikeout against right-handed pitchers all year. Against left-handed pitchers, he's got one hit. Against left-hand pitchers, and with right-handed pitchers, he's got one strikeout. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Why in the hell would you pull Snell out at that point? Because he gave up. I mean, that was his second hit of the game. Of the game, I know of the game. game. <laughs> the Why? game. And I, I I posted this, too. I said, we were sitting up here watching the game. Well, no, we were downstairs in the garage. We were watching the game in the garage. And uh, it said, so as he took him out, I said, all right, that there is probably going to be the reason why they don't win the World Series. And what do you know? And it didn't wait. It didn't wait any. It, went, it was immediate. Immediately. <laughs> it's like a light lit, light switch flipped and it was a done deal. Done deal. That was that was probably the worst call I've ever seen in a World Series by a manager. Yeah, that was that was that was really bad. And then it, it, it just snowballed from there. You know what I mean? And there was that was the least apparently that turned out to be the least of the World Series tabloid uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. The second part of that would be um, how did Mookie not get MVP? There is <laughs> no reason whatsoever that Mookie Betts should not have been the MVP of the World Series, period, point blank. There's your black and white for you. We've seen pitchers Pitch two games and win the MVP. Mm -hmm. This man 
completely orchestrated every single run that Tampa, I mean, that the Dodgers got in the World Series. Mm-hmm. How in the hell is he? Did, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's it's uh, a cultural issue in Major League Baseball. I don't want to put it out there. I don't want to say it. I don't want to open that box. But at what point would you not look at that? Because this guy, I don't even, you know what? I don't even remember what he did. If you can't remember what he did, then how can you put him as the MVP? When we look back at this 2020 World Series, besides the COVID-19 issue, who are, what are you going to remember? The awesomeness of Mookie Betts. Not this, who I don't even know who the hell he is. I don't even remember. I mean, it was that bad that I do not remember because you're only thinking that there should have been nobody else but Mookie getting that one this year. Uh, people can say Kershaw just because he broke that playoff that playoff bad streak or whatever. But I still don't see over Mookie. Not for what, like you said, not for what he did. Not for what he did for the whole series. Every game. Trivia question for you. Name name five current black players in the MLB. Not Dominican, not Haitian, not Puerto Rican. Five American black players. Mookie, Hamilton, McCutcheon, uh... You should have said three. I could have done it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. There you, you go. Think right off the. You got me on the spot, man. You put me. You hit me with that spotlight right there. Ooh-wee, look at that. It's beating. <laughs> I mean, how about we do this? Is that better? Well, you know. Yeah, sure. For right now, I'll let you roll with it. God, I'm blinded by the light now. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, um, Hornswoggle, you got robbed by your own teammate. That's ridiculous. I don't know how you um, you you, you know what? I'm I'm hot. That's 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 Walter Payton not scoring the touchdown in the '85 championship level. Disgrace. Disgrace. All right. Kind of agree there. Now to move on, but still stay within the the debauchery of the Los Angeles Dodgers. When you're supposed to be in your success of winning um, your first championship since 1988, 32 freaking years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> There's number two. <laughs> But I mean, but really, and now you got to play. You see, and this this was I got a lot of questions about on this, bro. So we're watching the game, right? And the wife and I both say, um, "Why they take the red head out?" By the way, which looks like Rodney. <laughs> kinda, kinda. <laughs> see now, you see it now, don't you? Kinda, I do. I kind of do. It's like his third uncle or something. <laughs> but anyway, so um, we're like, what happened to him? You know, and then here we come to find out later on 
that you test positive for COVID in the game. Aren't you supposed to be testing these guys beforehand and know your results beforehand, before yeah, they do the field? I don't know what the protocol is on all that, but I do know that it's very ironic how they all of a sudden just pulled somebody that got their results right then. I don't understand that. I think they had the results already, and they just didn't release it maybe to the league yet or something. There was a little loophole, obviously, that allowed him to come and play for whatever, what, six innings? Like five innings? Yeah. So you, you play for five innings. And you compromise every single person that is on that field. Mm-hmm. And not only did you do that, after they pulled you, after they won, here you come out of the locker room, the clubhouse, to celebrate with your team at first with no mask. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're compromising these guys again. You're touching all on the trophy, passing it all around, passing it all around. So you infected about 100 people. Well, I'll say this. For one, if he was – I don't know where the the breakdown went with the, with the testing and the results and the timing and all that, but that's – regardless of that point right now, uh, you should have had a mask on when you came back out. I don't disagree. What you shouldn't have came, shouldn't back, have came out. back out. Okay, you you do that when you finally win the World Series and the and the and all the stuff that you know that you've played for so long and this that and the other. It'd be like going to the NBA Finals for you, whatever, Damon. Don't give me that shit. You'd you'd want to do the same thing. No, now. you won't do the same thing. You're not going to do that. You're not going to. You got pulled from the game. Okay, but we're talking about. We're talking about baseball here. Weren't we talking about – hold on. Weren't we talking about – listen. Weren't we talking about baseball about two months ago, the way they they weren't handling anything properly? Okay, so what's going to change by this time? This is the last game of the season. Ain't nothing going to change, for one. For two, you've been around all this – your whole team for how long now in, in a bubble, quote-unquote, um, playing, and now you're all of a sudden infected. So did you really infect the whole team? Did somebody else infect it? I'm not taking I'm not taking away I'm not saying necessarily it's the right thing to do to come back out to the field with or without a mask regardless because you got pulled from the game. I'm not saying it's right or wrong whatever. What I'm saying is at the moment I'm going to want to do the same thing. I'm going to want to do the same thing. Okay? But again, we're talking about baseball, who no, has no. screwed up this whole system. You the one said the NBA. You said NBA. You said NBA championship. If you did the NBA, no, I wouldn't. And for two, you would never even got to the field if you had that positive test. <laughs> I don't know. That's where I'm. I'm kind of a little standoffish on where the breakdown was in that timing. I don't understand that. I'm sure something will come out soon within the next day or two saying that it was already known by the organization, but the league did not know. Well, if MLB is ripping his ass, then there obviously was an issue with the Dodgers. Well, a lot of parts. I mean, there's a lot of 
points, uh, finger pointing going towards L.A. right now. So until I hear the whole story, yeah, until I hear the whole story, I want to know it too. But until I hear it, I'm not going to say anything as far as did he know or did he not know, but it seems very, very coincidental how he didn't get pulled until the fifth or sixth inning. Yeah, with all that withstanding, if he didn't know, if they didn't break it down right, you still should not have been allowed to come back to the field, period. I don't care what what you've been saving for your whole life. Give fuck. That's not my problem. I've been saving my whole life to stay the fuck alive. (laughs) And that's why you won't see him in the ocean. No. (laughs) It is proven that wild animals love dark meat. (laughs) Tom Racker's about to go off on CWTVO there. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning, sir. I got to pick him up really early. (laughs) All right. Let's keep it moving. Rolling, rolling, rolling. We got a guest coming up. We got to keep it moving because that guest is really is extremely uh, anxious to come on. All right, we're good. So let's keep it moving. All right, so um, a, no, no. One, a $1.66 billion agreement of sale of the Utah Jazz is waiting for NBA board of directors or board of owners to approve the sale. Who's buying it? Uh, some 40-year-old tech geek who made a company out of playing with video fucking games. Yep. We should have jumped on that one a long time ago. No. <laughs> no, no. My mother said I should learn mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> get off that damn game. You ain't going to get nowhere in life. Yep. Yep. I remember hearing that. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you listen to your parents. Sometimes you shouldn't. (laughs) Message. Yeah. Apparently, the young man has been a uh, Utah Jazz fan. He's pretty much his whole life. And he's been somewhat involved with the organization for quite a long time. I think he's raised over $25 million for various um, charities and 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 other philanthropy things that they've done together. So it seems to be a pretty, a pretty, um, you know, even like thing going on between the Miller family who've owned it for 30 years. And this guy, I guess they got some type of relationship. So it's kind of a good transition. So I feel that the board is probably just going to be like, okay, it's good to go stamp. Let's move. Yep. All right. We'll see how that goes. All right. Next up. Um, so far, the NBA right now and David Silva have set a target date of December 22nd for the re- for the start of the next season, um, which have put that right in time for the, you know, the NBA does the Christmas Day games. So that puts them right in line to have those games. Um, I think with such a short break and with those guys, especially those, those playoff teams in the bubble, you know, there was a long, I mean, it's different, you know, traveling, you know, city to city and you've been able to get back home and, you know, see your families in your bed from time to time. But some of those guys are there for three and a half, four months and to take them off and then to come right back in it where they haven't really had time to, you know, soak in that home life a little bit, probably not most of them, 
but I'm going to say the veterans who've established themselves with families and shit, not the young guys is still clubbing. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're ready to get the season started. But right. um, <laughs> I feel that some of those, those guys aren't too eager to start right away. I know we've already heard a couple voices out of the Lakers that say they probably wouldn't um, start right away. Um, I could see them playing if they played, if they had the Christmas Day games, I could see them playing those games and then sitting down a little more, you know. Right. But me personally, I don't really give a damn. It's, I think it's a little different than normal um, resting players, you know, what, what do they call it? Uh, low management. Low I think management. it's a little different with this go around. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not too upset with it. As long as we got NBA basketball, we might not have fans, but we'll have NBA basketball. As long as you got something playing on the court so you can watch it. Right. Yeah. Cause right now we ain't got nothing, bro. Uh, <laughs> not much at all. Yeah. As far as basketball, that is like, why not like Wednesday? We have nothing. There's nothing on today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be rough for a minute. Wow. <laughs> All right, so uh, last up, Khalid wins, says he retires because his dad promised his mom that he wouldn't fight again after that. So he takes dude out second round, and then let's keep it moving. <laughs> uh, and he, like, literally did the move to put him out and submit him so he didn't hurt him in front of his family is what he said to people. Um, and I believe it because Khabib is a bad dude, man. He's a bad dude. I, I really think unless his mother says go for it, he is done. Um, why not? Why not stop at twenty or twenty nine and zero, and and nobody can touch you right now. The only thing you can do is go is move up a weight class and go for that title, and then maybe move up another weight class to go to that title. That's all you really got going for you. And, and like he said, if it's about the money, I can make my, you know, I can make money elsewhere. I can, I've been doing that for a while now. So, I mean, you got endorsements now, dude. You that guy. Right. Right. He is on top of the mountain. According to John Jones, he's not, but you know, Khabib's not doing lines of Coke and whatever else John Jones is doing. So, uh, yeah, I have no issue with lines of Coke. Well, you know, I'm I mean, joking. if you want to do it, if you, do it. <laughs> if you want to do it, you want to do it. That's on you. But you get tested and, and you're in a fight game and, and athletes, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know if everybody's coking in this even, right? Well, I guess that's true. Ask Michael Irvin. <laughs> Ask the early 90s Cowboys teams. Three championships. There, you got a good one, Sean. Leave me alone. There's a, there's a reason. <laughs> You couldn't All right, um, last one up. Your guy, Scott Dixon, wins the sixth IndyCar championship. Yep. Uh, kudos to him. He, uh, he's doing it, man. He's, he keeps on rolling, and we'll see what happens in his future. Can I see definitely? Can I see him uh, moving into definitely coaching with a team, maybe sticking with Ganassi? Yes. Can I see him owning a team potentially? Possibly. You know, the possibility is there if he wants to. Um We'll see, but congratulations, Scott Dixon beats Newgarden out of uh, out of the championship. And on that note, let's get a little station identification in here before we bring our guest in. I'm going to go turn my potato soup on low. He is going to turn his potato soup in, and we are going to quick commercial break. 
What is going on, everybody? It's your boy Dan from Black and White Sports and BWSports1.com. I'm here today to fill you in on a little banking advice. I don't know much, but I know somebody who does. Mr. John Wayne Buzzard at First Financial Bank. 317-417-8582. Call John for all your banking essentials. He's really good at banking. 317-417-8582. Call John today and tell him the boys from BWSports1.com sent you. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself. 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. That was timing, sir. That was timing. I saw you on the video or on the off screen sit down right towards the end. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to kill time. I don't have to play nothing else. I'm good. (laughs) Well, without further ado, it is time to bring in this wonderful guest that we have tonight. He is, and I'm hoping I'm saying the name of it right, Airs Elite Sports Vision. He is with them. He is a doctor there. I've seen this man at work at Whiteland Raceway Park because he put me to the test on uh, some reaction timing. And I did beat the old man, the bionic man, and the younger Stevens. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Joe LaPlaca. How you doing, sir? Good. How you guys doing? Good. Good, good. Damon, you You need to take the hat off now so you guys can match. There rocking a good, go. rocking a good look, fresh go. shave. You know, I, I, I feel like it's gonna head that way soon. Just <laughs> not ready to give up on it yet. You need to come on to the, to the good side. Yeah, not yet. Mine, mine Lady. started going back when I was twenty five, and I was like, nope, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I got to reach my thirties. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> so, Doctor Joe, let's uh, is what I've heard that you're called, Doctor Joe. If that's okay, right? Sounds good to me. Okay. I'm sure you get called worse at home sometimes like I do, but it's okay. I'm not going to go there. So, Joe, give us a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a bio on you, your history, your 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 upbringing. Where do you come from? What do you do? There you go. And talk about this. Is it? It's Ares, right? Ares Elite? Ares. So, like, Ares, the god of war. Gotcha. Ares, Elite Sports Vision. Yeah. You were close. That was good enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, born in Chicago, um, raised in Wisconsin, and went to school in Wisconsin, Janesville, Wisconsin, which is like the southern part of Wisconsin, and uh, went to undergrad at Marquette University, which is in Milwaukee, and then went to optometry school at the Illinois College of Optometry. And... Um, Met my wife in Chicago, and then she got an internship or like her externship at uh, Terre Haute Federal Max Prison, and we did the long distance for a little bit, and then ultimately she got a job here in Indiana, and this is where we've been ever since. Lucky, 
you guys. Follow you the way. You are in the crossroads <laughs> of America, right? Yep. Yeah. Not as cold. Not as cold. Yeah. Not as cold. Mid, I mean, Midwest born, Midwest raised. I mean, uh, I wouldn't go somewhere warm. I am a warm-blooded, bearded man. I can't <laughs> deal with the heat of Florida. And um, yeah, I love I love the Midwest. Love Indiana. Love Indianapolis. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better town to to raise kids to to start a business. So. Yeah, yep. awesome. That is true. That is true. Right, well, we'll tell us a little I'm bit. Sorry, go ahead. Yep. Go ahead, Damon. Go. I would say, well, tell us a little bit um, about um, Aries, your 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 little thing you got going on here. Yeah. So Aries Lead Sports Vision is uh, a combination of traditional optometry. So going to the eye doctor, getting glasses, contact lenses, that type of stuff but with a focus on athletes and their visual systems and how they're different. Um, most athletes have really good visual systems. And if they, if they don't, they usually aren't the best athletes. Um, and so usually the, the kids who progress to be really, really good have really, really good visual systems. And if there's any type of hindrance there, it can negatively affect how they play, how they process information, and my goal is to help those kids, to help professional athletes, to help anybody who's in that sports realm who's kind of underserved become better, to see better, to process that information better, to make better decisions, to make, um, you know, better overall processing of that information and how that translates into their game. And that's done through correcting their visual system and then correcting how their brain actually functions and how fast it functions. So interesting that you say, you know, I know that you work with uh, Elliot on the, on mm -hmm. the racing side, like a, a, for a driving athlete, yep. what different types or are they all similar to each individual sport or like each individual athlete? Um, do they all have their own little programs or do each sport have their own little programs or, or is there certain programs that kind of, blanket all sports and then they individualize right so there's in the macro from like a big sense the visual system is similar for everybody right uh it's, it's the alignment of the eyes it's how the lens in your eye actually focuses so from far away to up close then back to far so if you're let's say you're driving like elliot checking your apex and then checking up close and then going back to your to your turn that's important for him but it's also important for other athletes. So in a large sense, there's stuff that overlaps, right? In the micro, like a offensive lineman is going to be different than a wide receiver, right? He's going to be right here in this space. So his visual system needs to see things a little bit differently versus a wide receiver or a keeper or, you know, a midfielder. Like those types of things are a little bit different for sport but also for position, but they all need to be fast. They all need to be able to process large amounts of information as fast as they can. So working with different athletes from different uh, sports genres, which sport do you think this would benefit the most when it comes to uh, your visual being exactly the, the the key that you need to succeed in that that sport 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great question. I think the early adopters of sports vision or sports vision training are race car driving, baseball, and soccer. Uh, I think they understand the importance of if I'm going 220 miles an hour, I should probably make sure I can see everything uh, and, and be able to process what's happening in front of me, right? Might be uh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, like your life could literally depend on it. And with baseball, I think the hitters, more, more than pitchers, hitters are going to really benefit from stuff like this because it takes 0.4 seconds from the pitcher to release the ball to it crossing the home, home plate, right? I mean, that 0.4 seconds, it takes 0.3 seconds to blink. That's why they say hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things to do. It's not because of the actual physical feat of it. It's the processing of the information. Like our brains and bodies can't do it at that speed. And so vision training comes into that because we work on that processing or those like go, no go. Like, do I make that? Do I swing or do I, do I hold off? Cause it's outside the zone, like improving those decision processes is really beneficial for hitters. Um, being able to see release point, being able to see those, those, those aspects of, is he pronating? Is he coming overhand? Is it a little bit off to the side? So I know it's a change up or a curve. Those little, those little things are super important for them. Mm-hmm. And so that can be the difference between hitting it or not. So you said it takes 0.3 seconds to blink and it takes 0.4 yep. seconds to from the pitching pitcher to the mount or to the plate. Yep. Also it takes 0.4 seconds to get a shot off in the game. Right. <laughs> so it takes it takes 0.2 seconds to swing a bat. So okay. yeah, so immediately you're 0.2 seconds off, right? And it takes 0.03 seconds for any visual information to process from your eyes through your through your brain to your muscle movement so okay that was actually follow-up question to that it was how long it took to process yeah we're left with 0.1 seconds to make a decision 0.17 seconds to make a decision (laughs) as to whether i swing or whether i don't and so that's the space that i'm working in is how do i take it from 0.19 to 0.145 Right. Like it seems like a really small number, but that number is gigantic in terms of processing information. So in essence, it's sort of like your training in, and I'm picturing a batter's mentality in this mm-hmm. aspect right here. It, it seems like you're really slowing that motion down in your brain. The process is going quicker but the movement looks slower to you. That way you could process it faster. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So imagine like a, a computer, right? If you have a bunch of stuff bogging it down, it's not going to run as fast as it can, or if it's not, it's not going to be as efficient as it can be. Our goal is to treat the brain as a supercomputer, which it is, um, and, and figure out how to improve the speed of that supercomputer. And, and figure out what do we need to do to improve that through what type of methods, through what type of equipment, that type of thing to make these things faster for them. Okay. Nice. So basically how I see it is, is you're training people to be the matrix. 
Awesome. I am there you go. I like that. I like that. I feel like I would be Morpheus probably in that scenario then, right? The the teacher, not the the student. There you go. There you go. And you're hoping all your students like Elliot and other ones that you can throw out here if you'd like, because I know you guys, I've talked to Travis and I know you guys have been working with other um, organizations and you're partnered up with certain people. Um, yeah, I can't, I, I'd love to see in real lifetime, I guess, as far as, you know, I want to say two, three years in my mind, but I'll come back to that question. So in two, three years from somebody starts it now to then the progression. Now, how long, this is my question. How long does this process really start? It does it take to really start to notice a a difference? It depends on the athlete. It depends on the dedication. Um, it depends on the aggressiveness of how we do it. If we're doing it just once a week in office, cool. We can make some progress. If it's two times a week with the elite level athletes, great. We can make even faster progress. If we're doing a combination of at-home training where they're actively training their eye muscles, they're actively training their neurocognitive processing, all of that stuff through Aries Academy, then that's a whole other level that we can achieve because I can't be there for all of it, but I can be there for the in-office type stuff. But we, the combination approach is what will ultimately work really, really well for most athletes. And I think that this is something that if we look into the future in five years, every single person is, who, who is serious about what they're doing is going to be doing this because there's a certain capacity to your physical capabilities, right? We have not seen a capacity to the mental capabilities of a lot of these athletes yet. Mm-hmm. You look at Tom Brady and Drew Brees, they're not the best athletes. They're not. I mean, they're slow. They're older. Why are they so good still? Like, what what about them is different? It's because they can see a play. They know exactly what's going to happen. They've rehearsed it in their mind a thousand times, and they just have a capacity that's above everybody else. And, I mean, if you if you were to put Patrick Mahomes up against Tom Brady, Mahomes would beat him in every single category, Right except for maybe the mental capacity. And I think that's what we're going to look back and be like, why wasn't, why haven't I been doing this for three years, five years, all through college, right? Like I work with, with the Butler athletes, uh, Butler baseball, and they love it. I mean, they just can't get enough of it. They're like, this just makes so much sense. There's so much different cool stuff out there that it's different training than what they've done before in their lives. They've done, uh, you know, a thousand repetitions of fielding drills, but they've never done a virtual reality stuff or things that we use, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, me being a basketball dude, I wonder if these new millennial-style athletes or these millennial-style shooters are using this concept. Because, you know, when you got that, that when you're shooting from range like that and you have that accuracy – a lot of guys have a depth perception issue where it's difficult to shoot from the corners or from the wings from um, those distances depending on the background. 
or the mm-hmm. back scene of the backdrop is what I'm looking for with uh, the arenas that they're in. I'm, I'm interested to see how many of those guys like Clay and Steph and <clears throat> Trey Young are actually using these type of techniques. I know Steph is for sure, 100%. There's video of him doing some stuff a few years ago. Uh, Jarvis Landry, OBJ, like all of these guys are doing this stuff. It's just you don't really hear about it because they don't want you to know that that's how they're getting their edge, right? Like they don't want, ev- they don't want everybody to be doing this. Um, they want it to be their secret, and they want to be the only ones who, who are doing this stuff and have it on lockdown. And why wouldn't they, right? I mean, you don't get to be the best by doing what everybody else is doing. You get to be the best by doing what everybody's not. So I guess on a marketing standpoint, I'm thinking business-wise here, how how hard is it to market this because it's it's not as known and you don't have the you know the athletes that are using it really speaking out on it because of that reason? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a challenge for sure. It's a challenge I kind of really enjoy though, because uh it makes it that much sweeter when, when those things do happen or when those athletes do come in, cause they've heard of you through the other guy. Like he's like, Hey, you got to go see Dr. LaPlaca, right? Like it's that grassroots feel of growth, but from a marketing standpoint, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to educate people that this is something that exists. And it's something that if your 14 year old kid is really serious about what they're doing, it's something you should probably look into. If you if they haven't had an eye exam in the last year, it's something you should look into, right? My my exam is way different than a typical optometrist exam, and it takes an hour and a half. Like most optometry exams, it's fifteen minutes tops. Mm-hmm. And mine takes an hour and a half because I'm looking at so much more than just what your static visual acuity is. And static visual acuity is how well do you see in perfect in perfect situations, right? You guys both have glasses on. So you've been to the optometrist before, or at least you know that you're struggling with myopia or presbyopia or whatever. This is this new shit for me, bro. Last four years, <laughs> man. <laughs> I've been, I've so, been seeing great. <laughs> and then it was old and then they don't work no more. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but so like, that's, that's true. Like it's, it's one of those things where you don't realize that you're having a problem until you're having a problem. And a lot of these kids don't realize that they're having an issue because that's how their vision has always been, or there's been such a slight decrease in it. Um, but what I look at is, is way different than just your typical optometry exam. And I think that part of it, as far as the education piece is also a challenge, right? And from a marketing standpoint, like that's a challenge. Um, but I appreciate, you know, guys like you putting me on the show and, and giving me a chance to talk about it because that really makes all the difference. It's, it's just that education piece of people understanding that this is something that they should be doing. So let me ask you this. I, oh, I'm sorry, David. Yeah, I got to yeah, yeah, ask yeah. this before I forget it because no, this is a good one in my, in my mind. Uh, so you mentioned, yes, we both have glasses. You mentioned that your tests are, uh, you know, go in, more in depth to many other things than just your normal optometry um, eye vision test that they do. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this in your testing, you come back, you put somebody on training in that training's progression. They're going they're They're very good. They're mentally into it. They're, they're, they're sound in training. They're doing this, that, and the other after a while. 
are these going to be needed because that yeah. that okay i didn't know if potentially maybe that some of this training could kind of help your 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 perfect vision i guess like you said yeah so you, unfortunately your guys's prescriptions are more than likely because of aging right like i don't the, have bifocals yet okay <laughs> <laughs> i went all the way in <laughs> yes yet is the key word there yeah yep <laughs> um but there, i mean it depends on the situation right like there's going to be some stuff that we can work on to work on their focusing system if that's where a problem is if they'd been prescribed previously just reading glasses because their focusing system isn't working as well uh, unfortunately that's just the lazy way of uh, of dealing with that problem aries academy would help with that problem if they're 12 13 years old their accommodative system should be functioning really well or their focusing system should it's just we need to kind of fine tune some of that stuff and kind of wake it up a little bit. And if somebody's given them, okay, just wear plus 1.00 readers or cheaters, it's giving it a kind of a band aid at that point because they don't want to do the work of vision therapy or vision training. And it shouldn't, it should be done. Like that stuff should be done because they're 13 or 14 years old. Like they need help and there's stuff we can do there. If we're talking about just somebody who can't see far away and it's just purely their prescription, that we can't really like, I can't be like, oh, we're gonna definitely get rid of your glasses for you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's based off of the optics. It's based off of how the light enters the eye through the cornea, through the lens, and then how it's it's focused onto the back of the eye. So it's, it's axial length, it's how long the eyeball is, it's where that focal point Falls either in front of the eye, in front of the the retina, or behind it, and then we just use different lenses to move it. Um, but I mean, we 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 clean that stuff up as good as we can as well, right? Like when you hear somebody say, "Oh, my vision's 2020," good. That's good for most of the population. When you're an athlete, it's not good enough. Like it needs to be 2015 or better uh, if if you really want to be serious about about doing this stuff and that's that's a, a tweak or something that I would do specifically knowing that you're an athlete, knowing that you're Scott Dixon or, you know, I mean, those types of things. We have to make sure that we're giving as much prescription as needed to clear them up to the best possible, not just good enough because good enough isn't good enough. So really, the, the, the enormous question would be for the average man, is this affordable? explain average uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not uh, uh i don't know i don't know how to explain average i mean uh, me average me average. okay like if i was interested in having uh my daughter take a look into this because my daughter wears glasses and contacts and she's 15 and she's um a sophomore at carmel playing basketball you know, I mean, I would wonder if that would be something beneficial to her. I mean, it would be something I would think about. But if it would be, you know, affordable, it would yep. always be an issue for, I'd say, the, the average person. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think um, eventually I think it gets down to a point where a lot more people are a lot more optometrists are doing this. And then ultimately, I think it reduces price point. Um, I, I don't think it's unaffordable by any means. I think that people are spending way more money on 
bats and batting practice. And like, I mean, there's, there's some things that people spend a lot of money on that let's reallocate those funds to making my brain better, making my eyes better. That might be the problem versus, oh, I need a new glove. It's not the right fit. Probably not where your problem is if, if that's where we're at, right? So I think that, you know, there's a lot of studies out there that talk about how this can actually just help in school as well. I mean, a lot of kids now, they're their visual demands are so high compared to what you and I went through when we were going through school, right? Like most of it was on the school, like on the, on the chalkboard or we were goofing off and, and going to play sports. And, and like we, were, we weren't doing as much up close stuff. Now everything is on a tablet. Everything is on their computer. Everything is in this space. So there's just this huge demand on their visual systems. And I think... If we can if we can alleviate some of that and, and strengthen the visual systems, I think that's beneficial to all athletes in general. I think oh, it helps with schoolwork. I think it helps with just overall health. I think in the long term, uh, you know, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, other neurodegenerative diseases are going to show, hey, we should probably be focusing on working out our brains as if they're a muscle. What about somebody with a a uh, cognitive disability. I mean, would something like this per possibly help uh, certain issues that that person may have? Depends. I think the jury's still out on that a little bit. I think there's some promising stuff saying like with stroke victims and, and that type of stuff, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, things like that. I think that there's some benefit uh, to doing it. I just don't know. Honestly, I, I, the, I don't know if the research is 100% there quite yet. I know that it's being done for sure. Okay. Damon? I'm, I'm just not as, as familiar or, or comfortable in that space because um, th those, those types of problems that you're talking about are, are real, like, neurology, neurology right, type of right. space. Well, I, yeah. and the reason I ask is because my son, he does have a cognitive disability. And mm -hmm. I mean, he, he knows it, you know, he, he can tie a shoe. He's high, very high function, but in there's certain aspects in life that, you know, he is a little, I, I would say behind than a normal, you know, 20 year old mm -hmm. man, uh, young man would something. That's why I was asking would something like this potentially have any help to certain issues. Now, obviously I don't think anything would hurt it, but right. would something like this potentially help anything? I, th I think in that situation it could. Yeah, I, honestly, um, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of research about ADHD and dyslexia and and other types of issues that I think are a under underserved and under um, uh, undertreated. I, I think that well, I, I don't want to say undertreated. I think that there are treated inaccurately. Certain yes, I think there's certain percentages of ADHD that are actually visual issues versus it being an actual ADHD. And the easy way is to just throw some meds at it and say, mm -hmm. okay, you have ADHD. You're just a little bit rambunctious and you're not concentrating in school and you're not doing X, Y, or Z. Instead, maybe let's send them to the optometrist and see, hey, is this something that maybe we don't have to put our kids on drugs for because they're 11 years old and I probably don't want them on drugs. Uh, maybe we can look at it a different way. And I think that there's a lot of benefit for a lot of kids uh, to be working on some of that stuff. I mean, you brought up Elliot. Elliot has dyslexia. He has 
uh, you know, his charity for driving for dyslexia, which is where we met. And I think that this has had a, a really good impact on him because we work on a lot of stuff that he would struggle with normally. We work on, I actually, Elliot hates it, but we work on um, PDBQ charts. We work on arrow orientation. We work on left, right orientation. So he has to use only right hand or only left hand, which messes with him, mm-hmm. but he is so fast with it now. Like I, if, if somebody told, if he came in and somebody told me he had dyslexia, I'd be like, I don't see any of it, right? Um, because he he's put in a year and a half plus of work and really done really good good work and i think you see that in his racing i think Mm -hmm. he just makes great decisions i think um you know it's just it's stuff that just shows up nice damon do you have anything else for this wonderful doctor i'm good man i'm intrigued just though this is um i never really thought of vision of paying attention to your vision from a a sport like a, a sports science, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm very intrigued about it. I like to I like to look into a little bit more of it. I mean, I think it'll be great. Well, you guys can go. Yeah, you can go to my website. It's www.aries a r e s elite sports vision. Scrolling down on the bottom. dot com. Um, I did something right tonight, guys. <laughs> we got a man. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's impressive. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Um, and then if you want to go check out my uh, Instagram, you can just type in Aries Lead Sports Vision and it should pop up as well, which kind of gives you a little bit more of an insight into like what the training kind of looks like. Um, it's just a lot of fun, cool stuff. That's just a different take on how kids already train, uh, but also some really new, exciting technology that's coming out. I got some ideas to uh, potentially work together in the future. Hopefully when the, uh, when the COVID deal is done and out of the way and everybody can really get back together and in a spot, we can, uh, we might be able to put something together for each other and um, it'd be a good day. I'd love it, man. So, well, doc, thank you again. Again, this has been Dr. Joe Lapaka at at Aries elite sports vision. Check him out. Aries elite sports Dr. Joe, thanks again for your time. It was a pleasure, and we look forward to spending more time with you again, sir. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I mean, it's been awesome. I really appreciate it. No problem. No, no worries, problem. bro. We appreciate we'll get a hold of, Yeah, we'll get a hold of them crazy checkers and wreckers, guys, and get you on over at the drive or at the uh, the racing show here soon, too. Sounds good. Looking right forward on, to sir. it. Thanks, All man. Right, bye, guys. Yep. Have a good one. That- was Dr. Joe Lapaka, folks. That was good. I liked that interview. Even though I had the two bald guys blaring that sunshine at me, it's okay. That helped my vision tonight, guys. It helped my vision. Oh, that's crap. That was a crap. <laughs> that was a crap. I had, I, to like it. It. I, I had to roll it back into it. I had to roll I it like back it, into it. I like it, though. I like it. I mean, you worked it. You molded it. You need. You needed it. And you brought you it back. Meet it. You gotta meet it. It tastes so good when you meet it. Oh man, we both gotta go to bed. Either that or we're gonna be up forever. <laughs> I'm probably going for the ever. <laughs> oh, don't pull an all-nighter, sir. Don't pull an all-nighter. You're pushing 50. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's fine. That's fun. Real that's quick, 
Real quick before the ones, uh, the ones, uh, do we have the ones thing tonight? The one thought. The one thought. Shit, I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> you think of that real quick. I'll be right back because I am going to give you the lowdown run. Not, nothing. Okay, good. The rundown on the showdown. Sunday, starting your week off. Them crazy boys over there. The, the beard and the stash over there at Checkers and Records. 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. Mondays, check me and Rafael Esparza over at Bet Your Ass on Black and White Sports. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Tuesday, Dynasty Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Exclusive BW Sports 1 Redraft Show. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 7.30, we roll around with Taco Tuesday. As always, Wednesday, we're right here, Wednesday Night Live. Thursdays, catch us on Couch Talk. We'll have to come up with some certain things. I know the high school ball is starting up. AAU is in the is in the thought pattern for next year. They're, they're thinking of things, and that's college. about it. We got college. Maybe. We hope. <laughs> anyway, Saturdays, check out Super Kicking It with Steven. At, I'm sorry, not 7.30, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I can't wait, Damon. The next time I, I will see you, the next time I'm going to see you is going to be at the Indianapolis International Speedway. No. No, it'll be at the airport. It's at the Indy Airport heading to Daytona International Speedway. <laughs> I do have a one thought. I do Let's have a one thought. And it's not sharks love dark meat. It's not it. I forgot. Oh, there it went. He is the one. I am the ass. This is Black and White Sports, powered by First Financial Bank, 317-417-8582. Call John for all your banking essentials. And accessories. 317-417-8582. And the Rockstar Realtor. 317-503-8322. Sean Nugent, buying or selling a home. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. Don't, don't ever forget our buddies over at Driving for Dyslexia. Drivingfordyslexia.org. That was fun. I love the interview. And on that note, Damon, what do we do? Well, we try to line our vision up with our goal of keeping indie sporty. Daytona! Daytona!